You're listening to the Redemption Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. If you want to open your Bibles to um, the Gospel of Luke, that's where we're going to be. While you're turning your Bibles or your, you know, iPhones, iPads, whatever you got there. Uh, Yeah, so the golf tournament, wow. I got to say, Florida showed up. Um, You know, the golf tournament we've been doing in Washington, where we're from, uh, it, uh, our sending church has been doing a tournament, I think, for like 15 years. And then when we went down to start the orphanage, uh, they started donating the proceeds to the orphanage. And then um, in 2018, we, we switched it over from the the Chapel Church Golf Tournament sponsoring the orphanage. We just switched it to the House of Blessing Golf Tournament. Um, and in 2019, uh, it was the biggest tournament that we've had out there. Uh, we raised over $16,000. We had like 95 golfers or something. And just in talking with, with Daniel and getting to know Mike uh, a little bit and just our supporting churches out here growing with um, Proclaim Church uh, coming on board and, and praying for us and supporting us, and then uh, Coastal Chapel, these guys were like, hey, if, if Seattle can do a golf tournament, so can we. So we had one scheduled, and then the pandemic uh, ruined that, like everything else, and so we were able to reschedule. Uh, we thought maybe May, then we pushed it back to October. Uh, well, it happened. We had uh, 40 golfers. Uh, that came out, and we raised $6,000. Yeah, I mean, that, that is, for, for the first golf tournament, I don't think any of us knew what it was gonna be like. You know, you plan these things, and, and Mike and the team, and, and gathering sponsorships and, and prizes and whatnot, and then, you know, signups are always slow, like everything, and, and then, but the day it came, people came out. We had an incredible day of golf. Um, and it was really neat uh, for me just to see people interact with people and get to share with them about the ministry. And a lot of people, they were like, I didn't even really know what this golf tournament was for. Uh, you know, someone just invited me, but I'm so glad, you know, looking at the, at the poster and, and whatnot. So for those of you that played, for those of you that helped, if, if any of you donated stuff, thank you from that, for that, and uh, we are already looking forward to uh, our tournament next year. And I think Mike, Mike said, hey, let's shoot for 10,000 uh, next year. I received that in Jesus' name, and we're gonna believe that that's gonna happen. I feel extra blessed because I get to be with you guys two times in one year. How many of you are here in January when I was out here sharing? Daniel, you were, were you here? Yeah, you were here. Yeah, just kidding. So in January, I came out and I brought a word to you all from the book of Numbers, and it was basically how God was, was orchestrating the nation of Israel uh, to, uh, from their journey from prison, imprisonment, into uh, the promised land. And we, we looked at how um, basically the focus on this journey, right, God was to guide them by day. Uh, with a cloud and by a pillar of fire at night. And basically, it was like, when you see this thing move, you move. When you see it stop, you stop. Uh, 
And we talked about how sometimes it was for a few days, sometimes it was for more days, uh, sometimes it was for even longer. And so I sort of shared how just basically what we had thought 2020 was supposed to be and everything that it wasn't. And I gotta tell you, after, so that was back in January, okay? First month of 2021. I gotta be honest, I thought 2021 would go a little bit better for us down in Mexico. And especially as things have just opened up and people are getting you know, vaccinated and traveling is coming up and we're learning more about this virus and all of this stuff. And so surely I thought, okay, that was only year 2020. Thank goodness that's passed. We're in 2021. We're launching out. Teams are gonna start coming down. Uh, things are gonna start moving again. And 2021 was not much different. For us in Mexico, it wasn't really any different than 2020. And I share that with you because, one, I want to be just honest, and, and then also because I thought, Lord, can, can I physically, personally, emotionally, spiritually handle another year of whatever this is? I, I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> and you know what? In, in Mexico, in our area, um, it is progressing a little bit. Uh, school finally resumed. Uh, it was supposed to resume uh, August 31st. Uh, and then one of the beloved uh, teachers, uh, young, 48, he died of COVID. Uh, and so they delayed school to see if this was going to cause another outbreak. Um, it didn't. Uh, well, it was okay, and so we went back to school, and so the kids, it's, it's kind of hybrid, it's uh, two days a week, eight to one, um, and uh, so for, if you were here in January, the orphanage had shut down, and it has still remained shut down. Uh, two girls moved in with us. Uh, we, I, I guess in 2021, we did finish our addition to give us a little room now that we are a household of five, uh, me being the only guy and a lot of ladies in that house, it gets a little intense. And on Sundays, Sundays is hangout day, and so a bunch of girls, uh, friends of, of our girls, they come over on Sundays. So thankful for football and noise-canceling headphones. You just kind of disappear in one of the rooms. But it's so great just seeing these girls just laughing and enjoying. So that is something that was great to have done in 2021. Um, and so, but the school schedule, trying to get four kids with this school schedule. So we've got uh, kids that go Monday, Tuesday, then another one goes Monday, Wednesday, then another one goes Tuesday, Thursday, and then the other one goes Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And then two of them, they switch those schedules every month. And then if they have a meeting and they decide to have the meeting not on the three days that they don't have classes, but on one of the days that they do, then they send out a message and say, here's the schedule for this week. And my wife and I were scratching our heads thinking, how was it easier when we had an orphanage full of kids? You just shove them in the van, drive by, push them out when you get to school. How is it more complicated with just four schedules? Uh, school lasted two weeks and then they had a COVID outbreak. Two teachers ended up in the hospital and so they shut down the school again. And I thought, is this gonna be it? Two days on, two weeks off? Uh, and uh, we lost another person, a, a close uh, member of our church, her aunt and uncle 
passed away from COVID. Um, one of the brothers in our church, he is back in the hospital. So please just keep praying. You know, the thing with, with Bashiniva in our town, the, the teacher that passed away, he died because they couldn't find the ambulance driver. And then the ambulance didn't have any oxygen. So thank God for the USA and you pull out your phone and you dial 911 and I don't know how fast <laughs> it's guaranteed and boom, boom, boom. And so we just, you know, the border is still closed. And so we are gaining a little bit slowly and then a few steps back. And so this year was trying again. And thankfully, we are still down there. By God's grace, we've not pulled out our hair or just given up and come back home. And here is why. It's because of his word. It's because of the Lord. It's because of the songs that we sang. It's because of the truth. I am, I am thankful. We're gonna sing a song. Uh, what's it called, the one I really like? Do it again. Your promise is... Uh, Still stand, greater your faith. I mean, it's singing about promises, it's singing about faithfulness. We sang that this morning at Proclaim Church. I was bawling as I was standing in the back. And then I went and spoke at Ron, Ron's church at Coastal Chapel, and they did the spontaneous worship thing at the end, and they were singing about God's presence, and then, oh, Lord, you're beautiful, and I started bawling again. Uh, I don't think I cried during worship tonight because I have nothing left inside of me. Have you ever just moved? I hope you are. I hope there are times when you are so moved by what the Lord is doing, by his presence, by his spirit, by his word, by his worship. Um, and so that's what I want to look at today. I, I wanna look at this passage. Um, really, the Lord delivered this passage to me again in a time where Jackie and I were just like, really? Like, Lord, we need something. We need something to sustain us for another year. And not just for a year, but pretty much for every single day. And so the Lord brought uh, Luke chapter five. And so let's read together the, um, just look at 11 verses. And I'm just gonna highlight some things. Luke chapter five, verse one. On one occasion, while the crowd was still pressing into him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And so getting into one of the boats, Jesus, which, or excuse me, which was Simon's boat, Jesus asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, hey, put out into the deep. Let's go out a little bit farther and let down your nets for a catch. And verse five, and Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night long and took nothing. Now, I want to pause there in verse 5, okay? Here's the background of this scenario. Jesus, obviously, the ministry is growing more and more. Um, uh, Jesus would often do, he would preach in front of water, this kind of natural acoustics. Have you guys noticed that? You know, you got 
water everywhere here uh, in Florida. And so uh, with the acoustics, he, 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 he's down here. The people, the crowd is growing. The people are pushing in on him. Uh, he sees these fishermen, uh, but, but take notice of what it's doing. The fishermen had gone out of the boats, and what are they doing? They're washing their nets, okay? They're not preparing to go out to fish. Uh, they're coming in from fishing. They've had a long day of work, and they're washing their nets. And so Jesus, you know, he climbs into one of the boats, uh, which was Simon's, and then he asks him to put out from, you know, uh, to the land. Go out a little bit further. I kind of love this about Jesus, you know. It doesn't say here that he said, hey, could I borrow your boat? He just gets in the boat and says, hey, let's go out a little bit further. Let's go out. I want to teach a Bible study. I want to teach. I want to minister to these people. And so he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. We're not sure what exactly it was that he spoke of. But at the end, verse four says, when he finished speaking, then he says to Simon, put out into the deep and let your nets out for a catch. Now, if I'm Simon or if I'm a fisherman, you know, imagine this. It's at the end, the, the, the end of your workday. So whatever, wherever you work or whatnot, um, you get home, you get out of the car, you're packing up your, your bag, whatever it is, your briefcase, your bags and whatnot, you're getting ready to walk in and then you get a phone call or something, hey, um, let's go back out. I need you to come back or I need you to do this. And we know that because of Simon's response in verse five. Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. I love the wordage that we see here. We toiled, okay? It wasn't like, oh, Jesus, sorry, man, we were just out. We just got back in. It was, uh, Jesus, it's been a long night. We toiled all night. It says all night, Okay, this wasn't just like the two-hour shift that you could sign up for the, uh, the uh, whatever that thing is that you guys are doing, okay? It wasn't like, hey, you want, you want the Peter, you want the 11 to two, you want the two to five. The best time for fishing back then was when? It was in the evening. If any of you are fisher, fishers, what, you go out early, right? When things are calm, so this is during the day, this is after they had worked, this is after they had toiled all night, and this is after they caught absolutely nothing. And now Jesus is casually, after sneaking into his boat, saying, let's go out, preaching the word, Peter might be, you know, get back in the boat, let's get Jesus out there, he's got a message. And then after that, Jesus saying, Peter's probably thinking, okay, good, let's get the boat out, our nets are washed, let's get home, I'm hungry, whatnot, Hey, uh, Simon, put out into the deep a little bit far and let's let the nets down for a catch. Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. And, and I'm uh, using the, the ESV version and at the end of nothing, there's an exclamation point. You all know what an exclamation point is used for? Uh, I wasn't exactly sure, so I had to look it up. So check this out. An exclamation mark is used, well, Robin knows, because he's a teacher, he's a smart guy, especially after an interjection or exclamation to indicate 
forceful utterance or strong feeling. So this wasn't, oh, Jesus, you know, we were just out all night and we took nothing. This is, we toiled all night and took nothing, exclamation point. So this was a, what are you thinking? We were out there. We are done. There could have been some, we are fishermen. You are a carpenter. We know these things. You do not know these things. Maybe there was a thinking of, you don't go fishing during the daytime. You go fishing at the nighttime. Whatever was taking place, the point was, at this moment, Simon Peter is having a discussion with Jesus saying, we literally were just out there all night long and we caught nothing and you are asking us to go back out. I gotta be honest with you, if that was me, my response would probably be, have been, thanks but no thanks, Jesus, we are tired, we are exhausted, we are hungry, we are wet, uh, we smell like the water, uh, we are going home. But that wasn't his response. In fact, look what it says. Let's read verse five again. And Simon answered, Master, we toil, or answered, Master, we toil all night long and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. So when the Lord brought this passage to me and I started reading over it and meditating and thinking about it, I thought th th this was like one of those make or break moments for Peter. This was uh, here, you're, you know, uh, you're with Jesus, you've heard about this guy, you've heard him preach before, you just heard this sermon, uh, maybe you fell asleep or whatever took a place, and now he is asking you to do something after a night of exhaustion. And Peter would have had every right to say, Lord, no, I can't today. I can't do it. <laughs> Physically, I can't. I'm exhausted. I'm done. But there was something that Peter held on to. There was something that he knew that was more than going out and getting fish. Because look, when Jesus says, he says, put out into the deep and let down your nets for catch. Jesus didn't say anything that was going to take place. He didn't say, guys, let's go out. I promise you, you're gonna get some fish this time. He just spoke the words, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And it was because of the words, the very words that came from Jesus, that is what stirred Simon to obedience. And that's why he says, but at your word, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, this makes no sense, I really wanna say no, <laughs> But it didn't say, okay, but because you're Jesus, I'll go. It says, because you told me to go. It's at your word. You know, there's another encounter in the Gospel of John in chapter six. And uh, this is after uh, Jesus has gathered his, his uh, disciples and going around and, and speaking and ministering. And uh, it's, it's that challenging passage where Jesus is talking about, you know, uh, uh, drink my blood, eat my flesh, and, and the people are having a really hard time understanding what's going on, to include the disciples. And so John chapter 6, 66 through 69 says this, 
After this, after Jesus had been preaching and speaking these things, it says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. And so Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? You guys want to quit. You want to turn back. You want to go as these individuals have left. And verse 68, look who responds, Simon Peter. And listen to what he says. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So we have an, a situation, an instance here before he is following Jesus, and then here after he had been following Jesus. And at both times, the conclusion that he comes to is, Jesus, whatever your word says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to abide by it. I'm going to follow it. Brothers and sisters, do you know that's why we preach the word on Sunday mornings or Sunday evenings? That's why we should do our devotions. That is why we need verses. That's why we need reminders because it's, it's, it's everything. It's what can bring us comfort. It's what can say to someone like myself and my wife, feeling like Peter, we, he, he toiled all night and took nothing. I'm like, Lord, we have toiled 18 months, and what has happened? We are tired. We are exhausted. This is dragging out. We are down here. And it's that moment, but listen, God has not told us to pack up and come home. In fact, he has spoken words to us to continue to do what he is telling us to do. And it's something new, and it's something different, and it's something amazing, and it's been a blessing, and it's been hard, but it's because he has been telling us to do so. Listen, if you go all the way back to Genesis, how did everything get started? By his word. Let there be light. There was light, right? He spoke and it took place. At your word, there was the light. At your word, the sun, the moon, and the stars. At your word, life was created. At his word, all things are held and sustained. It is at God's word that will bring us hope. It is at his word that will bring us comfort. It is at his word that will bring us encouragement. It is at his word that will bring us provision. It is at his word that we can survive. Amen? It is by his word when he says, don't worry about tomorrow. When he says, be anxious for nothing. When he says, I will provide all of your needs. When he says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. I mean, we could stay here for hours just talking about the words of Jesus, the words in this Bible, and how we can apply it to our life. And yet, in the midst of life and difficulty and, and discouragement and all of these things, we can lose sight of these reminders, and that's why we need divine reminders from the Lord. That's why we need moments. I was had a trip planned, was starting to travel a little bit more in 2020, uh, it, this year. 
and uh, I had a trip planned, and um, I was driving out to the uh, uh, um, where we go to the bank and kind of. Uh, it's about 20 minutes away where we take care of business and we do all this stuff. I had Catalina, one of the girls who's living with us. Um, I was flying out the next day. I kind of rushed, scrambled to do these things. We're driving about five minutes out from the house. We're going the speed limit. We're on the, uh, the, the highway. And a truck decides, coming this way, he decides to uh, try to do a U-turn uh, in front of us. And so we're driving, and he, he pulls, and I thought he was pulling over to just turn, right, to go down that road. No, he whipped in there and then tried to pull a U-turn in our lane. And it was that moment where you just know you're gonna hit. I slammed the brakes, I swerved, I did everything we can. We crunched the back. For those of you who follow us on Facebook, you might have seen some of the posts we hit that thing, the airbags went off. It was one of the scariest moments I have ever had. And uh, I looked over and Catalina, she was grabbing her, her chest and I was thinking, am, am I okay? I stumble out, she stumbles out. I'm looking if there's blood or anything and you know, uh, immediately this kid comes over and it's a kid, 15, 16 years old, driving this huge truck, not even paying attention. Our Honda Pilot totaled. And as I'm getting checked out, the ambulance came, the police came, and uh, um, my wife came, and my wife was really, really mad at <laughs> this kid. <laughs> I had to, babe, just stay in the van, you know, let's. And I just, I'm sitting in the ambulance thinking, I'm supposed to take this car to El Paso to go on this trip for meeting and speaking at churches. Lord, really? Have you guys had those moments? Let's be honest. Have you had those moments when you've said, Lord, really? Of all the times, really? And the Lord kind of says, yeah, really. But it's okay, because I'm gonna do something. Lord, But Lord, this makes no sense. We literally... This was one of the car, this was the nicest car that we've ever had, this was, and, 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 and it's done. And now we're down and the Lord says, it's okay. It's all right. And aren't those the times when we have to like hang on to this? Like, <laughs> how can I get this closer to me? Because Lord, this is, this is a time where I really, 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 really wanna believe, but I really, really am having a hard time believing. Until we're in heaven, life is just gonna continue to be crazy and whatever. And one of the ways that we're gonna be able to survive and get through is by God and his presence and his power and his spirit and his come and all that stuff and also by his word. I wanna share something with you as we close. Um, I, uh, so during the pandemic, I became a reader. Uh, I was reading uh, a book a month, which uh, maybe some of you read faster. Uh, I, you know, I read a little bit slower, but I was pretty proud I was actually reading, starting, and finishing a book. And I was ordering books like crazy, you know, because you've got all this time. I have always loved space. I've always 
been fascinated with uh, space movies, um, documentaries about space. And so I had heard a podcast. It was actually a pastor that had recommended uh, this book. And so I, it was about the Apollo space program and all of the... Um, all of the missions and everything. It was a fabulous, fabulous book. And I read this story of Apollo 8, uh, 1968. I won't ask who was you know, alive back then. I was not. 1968, uh, Apollo 8 uh, went up into space and it was to be the first broadcast from Space. And uh, Bill Anders, Jim Lovell, and Frank Borman, uh, NASA had said, listen, we want you guys, when you are up there and you get up and close and personal with the moon and you do a pass by and whatnot, uh, we want you guys to address everybody listening. It's believed that at that point, every one in four people on earth either watched or listened to this. That's roughly a billion people from 64 countries. A billion people, 64 countries, and it happened to be on Christmas Eve. And so NASA, they went back and forth, the astronauts went back and forth of what they were going to, what they were going to say. And they brought in some people to kind of write things for them kind of write up a little, you know, what I guess it'd be like the, uh, the person that works at the White House, right? Write these speeches and then he go up. So they, they were submitting these different ideas and whatnot and, and I don't know if these guys were like, yeah, yeah. But at the end, NASA said, um, you guys just share whatever you want. And they gave him a, you know, don't be weird, don't say anything, you know, offensive, you know, anything dirty or whatnot. And so Christmas Eve... A billion people, roughly, 64 countries, listening and watching, tuning in to hear what these three guys are going to say from space as people are looking at pictures of the moon. And I'm going to play for you a recording of what they said, okay? There we go. It's now approaching uh, lunar sunrise, and uh, for all the people back on Earth, the crew of Apollo 8 has a message that we would like to send to you. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the Earth, and the Earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning was the first day. And God said, let there be a firmness in the midst of the water. Let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament. And divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning was the second day. 
God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered in together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And from the crew of Apollo 8, we close with good night, good luck, a Merry Christmas, and God bless all of you, all of you on this good earth. Isn't that amazing? When I read that story, I started looking up on YouTube to, I don't know how many times I have listened to that. I had no idea. You have the opportunity to, you are seeing things for the very first time. You are doing something beyond, like, you're doing something miraculously. And you have an opportunity to give whatever, scientifically, or talk about, hey, you know, it's so great for us being the first three men, whatever it is, and you choose to read the word of God. A billion people in 64 countries glued to the TV, glued to the radio, listening to the word of God. Uh, there were a lot of lawsuits after this by people suing NASA. Um, this atheist group sued NASA for, uh, for uh, uh, the free, you know, free speech amendment, like whatever it was. And I just thought, you know, here, here's people. They're, they're taken away from one of the most incredible times where that many people at one time, as they're looking at God's creation, whether they know it or not, they are hearing about God's creation. Brothers and sisters, the word of God started things. It's gonna end things. And that is why Peter said, at your word. I'm not, Jesus, your word is good enough for me. And I've been asking myself, Jason, is God's word good enough for you? Is it good enough for you guys? Or verses like a man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his step. Verses that talk about in this world you will have tribulation, but be of a good cheer, I'll overcome the world. Are those good enough for us? To say, yes, Lord, I believe at your word. At your word, I will stay in Bashinava. At your word, we will keep doing what we're doing until you speak your word to tell us to go someplace else. And as a result of the faithfulness and that response from Peter, we close with the miraculous that takes place. Look at verse six. When they had done this, they go out, they let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came, then they filled both boats, and then the boats began to sink. So here's what's so great about this. It wasn't that uh, they went out there and then they had a catch, and they came back and it was a great time. 
I love that it gets better and better and better. Look what it says. First, it says they caught a large number of fish. And then it was so big, their nets were breaking. And then their nets were breaking so much that they had to call another boat to come over and to help. And then both of them filled their boats. And then, not just with two nets full of fish, they filled their boats so that the boats began to sink. And isn't that the Lord saying, I'm gonna do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask, above all that you think. And then after that, it's when we see that their lives are forever changed. When Simon Peter saw it, verse eight, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Oh Lord, Peter probably just feels like, dang, I blew it again. (laughs) For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And there was James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, check this out. Jesus is responding with, yeah, you are a sinner. Yeah, I forgive you. Have a good night. Go home and eat a lot of fish. Look what he says. He says to Simon, do not be afraid. For now, you will be catching men. And they had brought, when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So it started out of a night of toiling and nothing, and it ended with their lives forever being changed. And that's what Jesus is still doing today. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe in his promises and in his word? And I say this every time when I come out here and and hang out with Daniel and Laura and in this church and just I see their their faithfulness and their perseverance of being out here. And uh, we've been doing it the same, kind of almost the same amount of time, right? You came out here, we went down there and, and the Lord has not called them to do anything else right now. And he's brought a group of people that are, um, partnering with and, and the work and the ministry that you guys are doing here in Delray Beach. And I just wanna say, if, if any of these events and whatnot you guys do, you feel like, man, how many more of these we're gonna do where there's you know, all this and then the people don't come, just, just ignore all of that stuff because you're doing it for one reason and it's for the Lord. And it's because he's telling you to do it. And if he's the one telling you to do that, you, you don't need any other affirmation or approval or anything else. It is Lord at your word, yes. Amen? Let's stand, let's pray, and then we're gonna sing that really awesome song. Lord, thank you for this time. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it just keeps speaking. It keeps uh, encouraging. It's life changing. It's, it's literally uh, Peter rec- recognizing, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. And Lord, as we are here, as we have read the word, as we have heard the word from this thing, uh, Lord, a long time ago, God, we want to sing the word, Lord. We want to sing of these promises, these truths, these declarations. 
of you, of your faithfulness, of your promises, of your greatness. And so, Lord, use this time as we close. Use this time, Lord, to continue to speak to our hearts. As we wait on you, Jesus. This is Pastor Daniel Williams with Redemption Church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube, so you never miss a message. The mission of Redemption Church is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus, and we would love to have you partner with us. Feel free to share these messages with your family and friends. And also, if you'd like to donate to the ministry, go to redemptiondb.com. God bless you.